0: Avi on Money, 12 to 1 p.m. Only on 101.9. Chai FM. Welcome to 101.9. Chai FM, it's 12, no, it's 9 minutes past 12. Thank you so much for joining us. If you've been listening to High FM or all through the morning, thanks for staying with us. Today, as I discussed with you earlier on, we're going to be looking at something slightly different. Banking is something that everybody does on an ongoing basis. It's become a lot more accessible, Today, very, very few people actually even go into a bank. There's no reason to go into a bank and to speak to somebody. Everything's done on your PC, on your laptop. But it's progressed now onto your phone. I, I just look around my office and I just see the transactions that happen on cell phones on an ongoing basis. It's it's really, really at your fingertips. I know I was overseas in Israel a few weeks ago and I had a frustration where I was in the supermarket following my wife around as. She was doing what she needed to do, and I wanted to do transact, and they sent me a one-time PIN. The problem is that I'd swapped out my SIM card for an Israeli SIM card, so I couldn't get the PIN, so all of a sudden, I was as frustrated as as every as anything. I then went onto my laptop when I got home, or my iPad, and I tried to do the same thing, and again, the same issue came up, and all it really did was take an email to the bank to say, please, just send me the the, the stuff via email and not via SMS. And the problem went away. And that was the frustrations that I experienced. But uh, just to relate another story, um, and this will build up to to, our introduction to our guest. A few years ago, it was towards the end of the year, my wife and I were going to Platte, and we got a very distraught phone call from the lady who works for us in our home to say that she had just gone home, she had received her 12th and 13th check and she transacted, she, she did something somewhere in a, in a t- township area and she was holding her phone watching the SMSs go through as her account was being stopped and she walked into the particular bank. Was showing them the SMSs that someone, somewhere in the vicinity is robbing her, and they just shrugged their shoulders that there was nothing that they could do. And, and the cruelty about it is that you know if if some of us have our bank accounts hacked and we'll lose a bit of money, uh, we'll fight with the banks, we'll get it back. But we have facilities where we we can continue to live. This was really emptying out the the December pay that she got. Uh, needless to say, it was quite an expensive December for us, but. It wasn't the end of the world. What we have in South Africa is a Gini coefficient that is greatest in the world. And what that simply means, the difference between the haves and the have-nots is massive and it's growing. Uh, I heard a very good commentary this morning that this whole issue about land, yes, is about land, but it's not so much about land as it is about de-enfranchisement, de-enfranchis- that people are feeling absolutely hopeless 23 years down the road and they're no further than they were before and the frustration is building but it took one person to look at this problem and say hold on how can it be solved how can we give banking to those who really need it Uh, Brian Richardson welcome to Chai FM thank you Avi great to be here hello listeners it was a bit of a, a long introduction but what I really wanted to do was just to paint the picture that banking is something we take for granted. It's something that we do. I know when my kids who are teenagers have to open a bank account, it's a bit of a mission. I have to go with FICA and this and that. But you do it. And uh, you know once it's done once, then you can just call your banker and say, please do this and this and this. Maybe send an email as, as, as a sort of backup request. And, and it gets handled. But... If you're at the bottom of the food chain, um, Brian said, let me just, again, share an experience. I was at the Telcom Soul shop the other day just taking out another contract for, for one of my kids. And a person walked in, and this guy was trying to give fika, but he clearly didn't have a permanent address. He clearly didn't have this. He didn't have that. And the stress on the guy's face what I picked up from him was number one is please don't treat me as a thief and as a dishonest individual because I'm not I'm just trying to do the right thing but I don't have the documentation that you want you know easily produced and second of all please don't strip me of my dignity please don't make a whole hoobaloo in the shop so that everybody knows that I'm, I'm battling to get this thing opened um, you deal in that market and let's maybe start how did you start the company and what it's all about
1: yeah, look, it's it's a great uh, question and a great challenge and one that we deal with every single day. We started uh, the investigation into this market 2002. I originally come from the banking industry and, and uh, a nice true uh, story uh, got back into the business following a conversation with uh, our president today, Cyril Ramaphosa, uh, who was trying to open a bank account for his son. So here we're not talking at the bottom end of the pyramid and I will put that into context. And he'd really had a very frustrating day for exactly the reasons you'd mentioned, paperwork, getting this. In fact, you've got to sort of give blood samples and (laughs) DNA to give a bank account. It really is is, is quite a challenge. And I just met him, and he said, I cannot believe how difficult it is to open a bank account. And then he smiled. He said, if you think it's difficult for us, can you imagine how difficult it is for the mass market who, as you say, do not have ready access ...to that documentation. Uh, we were opening accounts in Kroblersdal, and uh, one of the farm laborers had to provide his proof of address. He says, I live on the house on the hill. My parents live there. My grandparents lived there. doesn't have an address. It is the house on the hill. So what must I do? Are we going to deny a person an account because they can't give that documentation. And I talk to regulators right around the world. It was never the intention behind the regulation to make it more difficult or more onerous to open a bank account. The harsh and fortunate reality is that that has been a consequence. And that's a big problem. So how do we balance the competing goals, as it were, of financial inclusion on the one hand and having this perfect documentation on the other? And and without being too clever or cynical about it, I do ask a question with, with tears in my eyes. You know, how much funding of terrorist activities, how much money laundering is a farm laborer from Kroblersdal who's earning 2,000, 2,500 Rand a month actually going to do? Yet we can't open a bank account for him because the laws say he doesn't have the right type of paperwork. So we have this ongoing conflict.
0: And cynically, those in the know who are involved in the various uh, activities have access to all the paperwork they could possibly need.
1: Absolutely, <laughs> and and as a friend of mine, R J. Bunga is the president of of uh, Mastercard globally. Says he, he he challenges anybody to bring him the proof that the last cash of arms was paid for with a MasterCard. He could have said Visa or any other thing. It's not. It's done through cash. So cash is the most untraceable means of doing illegal transactions. So surely we should be making it as easy as possible to open bank accounts because then we've got a full audit trail. The interesting thing is as the world moves to cash less, and I'm deliberately using it as two words, not one word, because unfortunately in our lifetime, we will always have cash around. But there's certainly a very strong move to cash less. Uh, A friend of mine was in, in Norway. He said you struggle to be able to use cash. It is all electronic. There are parts of the world in Sweden that are cash-free zones. Go to Singapore, there are cash-free zones. Go to Holland, there are cash-free zones. We're dealing with a particular uh, island country uh, whose whose intention strategically is to have the first cashless country in the world. So we are moving away from cash. But I ask again the question very sincerely, what happens to the 1.7 billion people in the world that do not have access to financial services? If cash is removed, what are they going to use? So we have to
0: get them into the banking system somehow okay i 'm very i 'm very excited that you 've painted the picture that way because you 're often talking about a, cash, a cashless society and the efficiencies etc, etc. I, I know for myself in two thousand and eighteen I actually like having a little bit of cash in my wallet. I went through a stage where i didn 't have any yep. But I don't want to see 27 rand 50 and 32 rand 60 on, on, on my bank account. I'd rather just pay cash for it and take the slip. I, I, I don't know. That's me. And I've yep. sort of gone a bit backwards like that. But why is it important that the gentleman who lives on the house on the hill has a bank account? What difference does it make to him? He's buying everything cash anyway. He's getting paid in cash anyway. Um why isn't he in a bank account? A
1: couple of reasons. Let's touch on on a very basic one, safety and security. You can lose your life in this country, and I hate to say it, for 20 bucks. And that that really is the reality. So if we can remove that type of threat from people. You were telling the story of your domestic worker. I I was dealing with a person who who delivers um, coal and wood, and uh, he gets paid his salary in cash. Three times during the course of last year, he got mugged. And removed of his wages How does a person survive If it happens to you once in a year But to lose your entire salary Three times in a year You you just wonder how on earth does a person survive So critically important Is to, is, is to, to look at the safety and security aspects Secondly If you've got no track record No financial track record at all How do you improve yourself How do you get a loan Where do you get a loan you go to the Moshinesas, to the loan sharks, who rip you off exorbitant interest rates and then come with a baseball bat. That's, that's not the world that we live in or, or should be living in. So you've got to start building a track record. Everybody, you, me, everybody, at some point in their life has had a need to access credit. And we want to give that, you use the words dignity, so critically important that if I've got some form of financial track record, I could at least use that as a reference to try and get a loan at an affordable rate. So those are two top of the head really critical reasons why a safe place to keep your money, savings, not a hole in the ground. In any time in South Africa, 12 billion rand is under mattresses, 12 billion rand. Take even… 10% of that and put it into the formal financial system the banking system the impact that that has on job creation with the multiplier effect of money is enormous so there are lots of benefits at a micro level as well as a macro level
0: Brian I could sit here and let you go on and on and on one thing we haven't even done 20 minutes into the show is mention the name of your company so then you're (laughs) your company's wizard but let's take a we need to go to the shops quickly let's take a quick break we'll be back in a moment Avi on money 12 to 1 p.m. Only on 101.9. Welcome back to 101.9 Chai FM. If you're in the car, just pull over, turn off the engine, keep the radio on. If you're in your office, take your phone off the hook. Because this is a conversation that you, you're not going to hear too often. But it's a conversation that one should have on an ongoing basis. Because the beauty about Brian, what we've been discussing for the last 21 minutes, is... The fact that we live in a country with great discrepancies in wealth, you're somebody who has had an advantage to to have all the background that you need in order to put, propel yourself forward in life. And yet you're dealing in a market with people where that dignity and that opportunity often is not there. Mm. And yet you fit comfortably into that market simply because you're adding value. What frustrates me about being a South African at the moment is almost walking around with my head slightly bent, with a sense of guilt, but there's nothing I can do about it. On the other hand, I feel like we also came here, well, my family came here as immigrants with almost nothing. And yes, we weren't treated as third class citizens. We maybe weren't treated as Mm first-class citizens, but the opportunities were there. But here's something tangible. Something that you're doing that can uplift people. So let's jump straight into the meat of it. What does Wizard do and how does it operate? We started
1: back in 2004 with a dream to bank the unbanked of the world. Globally, 7 billion people on the planet. As I mentioned a bit earlier, 1.7 billion do not have access to financial services. Let's take it closer to home. Africa, 1.1, 1. 1, 1. 1.2 billion people. 700 million people do not have access to financial services. Bring it closer to home. South Africa, what are we, 45, 50 million people? 40%, call it 50% of the people do not have access to financial services. So we're talking about a global problem. This is not a problem that is unique uh, to South Africa. So when we launched back in 2005, our dream was to say, the way that you can get to this market is through technology. The good old bricks-and-mortar model is too expensive to bring affordable financial services to the mass market. By definition, the bulk of the unbanked and underserved are rurally based, not urban based. Yes, there's a big move right throughout Africa, uh, moving from from, uh, rural to urban. But at this point in time, still a large portion of the population that is unbanked are, are rurally based. Putting up branches is just too expensive. So we... Back then, and I've, I've nearly got burnt at the stake for saying it, is that branches are dead. Your typical branch bank. I have not been into the branch of a bank for 22 years. I don't know when last you were in there. You can do all your banking through
0: technology. You don't need to go into a physical branch. The only reason I go into a bank is to get change. <laughs> and and the only reason I have change is that my um, well, one kid at school often asks me because they give charity right. every day when right. I pray. Um, I like to have it in my office. I like yep. to have it in my car. But even that's a mission. I can't go in and say hi. I bank with you. Please can I have two hundred rand in ten cent or in one rand coins? Yep. The attitude, the answer is no. Bring us the two hundred rand, and then we'll change it for you.
1: Yeah, that is. <laughs> so, so that's really what got us to say there is a model around. Think back fifteen years. Uh, we went and saw every senior executive in the banking industry that told me, Brian. Nobody in their right mind will ever do a financial transaction on a cell phone.
0: You are in living in cloud cuckoo land. It's almost as absurd as saying there's no market for the personal computer. Exactly, And rightly
1: or wrongly, we said, we don't think you're right. Fortunately, that that argument's been put to bed. Mobile is here to stay. It is part of the mainstream payment space, whether we like it or not. So we wanted to partner with with, uh, one of the leading banks in the country. Banks traditionally, globally... uh, are not good partners. Uh, it's, it's just not part of their DNA. And and we had to respect that, so we ended up partnering with uh, Bank of Athens, and we're very grateful that they gave us the opportunity uh, to get launched uh, into the South African market. Mm. Not being a technologist, we wanted to prove a model um, that we could take globally, not just take some concept or vaporware into the great big world. So we wanted to prove that that you could bank the unbanked at the bottom of the pyramid commercially viable, successful, and build a profitable business. I'm very happy to to say that today, 14 years later, Wizard in South Africa is still operational. We are opening accounts every single day. We're dealing with the challenges of the market, and it's a, it's a nice profitable business. But we took that model and to the rest of the world. So 99% of my time is spent taking the model and spreading the word, as it were, uh, globally, emerging markets is our focus. Today, we're across three continents, 14 countries, primarily in Africa. But we sell our technology and our model, the wizard model, which is the branches banking model, which I'll talk a bit about later to to leading financial institutions. So they already bank. Uh, they've got bank licenses. They can take deposits. But they've got this mass unbanked opportunity, and that's what we work with. So that's what we do, sell technology and a
0: model to leading banks. Brian, I'm sitting here looking at you. You you come across as quite an unassuming chap, um, which is very nice to to interact with. Let's bring it back down to home. We're sitting here in Glen Hazel. um, Maybe five kilometers down the road is Alexander Township, one of the biggest townships in, in the country maybe 35 k's to the other side to the south is Soweto, the most famous, not a township anymore, but a, 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 a massive, massive city on its own. We've got areas um, that have just sprung up all over. Deep Sluit was a squatter camp. Today it's got infrastructure. It's still not the most savoury place in the country. That's your stomping ground. Th- that's where you operate. Yep. What do you guys actually do? So if I've got a, if I know people there, who are being paid in cash, like you said, the, the man is delivering, delivering the coal, or if you drive parts, dips through it, there's many ladies sitting jumbled clothing. and um, It's all a cash business. How would you interact with them? How would you add value to them? Okay. Firstly, we make it as easy as possible to open a bank
1: account. Our philosophy since 2004 has been about bringing the bank to the people rather than getting the people to come to the bank. So we've got a team of What we call whiz kids, essentially agents. We train them up. We certify them. They write a test. We give them dignity through giving them a uniform. Uh, We give them all the materials they need uh, to be, let's say, opinion leaders in their own community. That community might be a fell, It might be a soccer club. It might be their church group. It might be whatever it is. But they are in that area. Let's talk deep slut. So they probably live in deep slit. They've got their own network, and we will train them and equip them as a whiz kid. And within that, word of mouth spreads very quickly. They will know that Philemon is the whiz kid in that area, their personal banker. They can go to Philemon and open an account, or Philemon will come to them and open an account. Our regulator, and I'm delighted to say this, um, has been very proactive in introducing what was known as an exemption 17 account, recognizing the fact that they couldn't provide all of these uh, very clever paperwork. They're saying, let's manage the risk and mitigate the risk through putting limits on the account. And the limits can be on a transaction limit as well as a maximum balance limit. If you want to exceed that, please give us the additional paperwork. So exemption 17 account, without getting too technical, a 5,000 rand per transaction limit and a maximum balance of 25,000. Quite generous for that segment of the market. If they wanted more, then we'd no need to get more paperwork. But we can open that account on the proof of a South African ID. With which bank? Our bank. It's called, Wizard and we open a fully-fledged bank account. You can do anything you want with it. You get a debit card, and I'll show you. I wish I could show the listeners. There you go. I can use my wizard card anywhere in the world at any ATM and any point-of-sale device. So our whole driver has been mobile, but we support it with a card where you've got infrastructure. I could go and issue... 10 million debit cards in DRC, I may as well give money to my favorite charity because there's not an an acquiring place or place that I can use them. There's no ATMs, there's no point-of-sale infrastructure. So I'm going quite quickly because I don't want to get too technical on this. So Philemon will
0: open this. But what I'm really trying to do here is I'm trying to build the model in my mind as to how after this show I can pick up the phone and say, again, let's take a, 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 a brief pause. I... I'm very honored that um, you know, in my formative years, basically from when I was born, um, all the way through until I got married and had my own children, um, I was I interacted with a very really special lady who basically brought me up and my parents were trying to make a living. Right. And then my children had the honor of having them this lady as, as their nanny and I use that term endearingly because she was a nanny in the true sense of, of the word. Um and I went to visit her in her home in Jericho near Brits. And besides the abstract poverty and the decay that set in after the ANC was so progressive by building roads and providing water and providing electricity, it's all gone backwards. So we've gone back to the Bapu days where there was nothing. Um, But what struck me was the amount of people that are just doing nothing. And when I asked why not, you get the cycle of poverty that is explained to you in a very, cryptical, very cryptic way. Mm-hmm. And there's just no opportunity. I'm sitting here with my mouth open because this is a real opportunity. Absolutely. And we've
1: given – sorry to interrupt. We've given 8,500 people, whiz kids, an, an opportunity because we only employ unemployed people. So every one of those, those whiz kids that we've got come from the ranks of the unemployed. And we feel quite proud of that fact. Uh, we wish we could do a lot more. But every one of them has now got an opportunity because every account they open, they get a commission and they earn annuity income on the transactions that their customers do. Eight and a half thousand times yep,
0: three yep. so, times by a factor of three going forward. You've put food in the mouths of about 20,000 people. Yep. And we, we, we would love to do more. We love that model.
1: And people get very excited about that model. And and it works. So you,
0: are, you are a registered service provider, financial yes, uh, service yeah, provider. Yeah.
1: registered FSB.
0: Okay, let's continue the story. Let's just not get emotionally <laughs> sidetracked here. So we, we're in this deep slope. Philemon has now approached your whiz kid, and we're going to call right. him the whiz kid. And he opens this account with just his
1: ID. Just his ID, and it's all electronic, so we don't have paperwork. We've got uh, through all approved through the, the uh, FICA Photograph of the ID. We know exactly who's taken it. We know the WIS, only registered WIS kids have that that uh, application. Take it, send it through to our call centre, our Fika department. They check that the ID is valid, do some checks on it, and literally, it's, it's all done um, electronically. The account is opened within literally a couple of seconds.
0: What would prevent the account from being opened if it's a fraudulent ID? So the fact that the chap might or the lady might have a criminal record, that's not the issue? No no issue
1: at all. And it's not our job uh, to to check that out.
0: No, and I'm not condoning crime at all. But people often have criminal records for reasons that they shouldn't have got them in the first place.
1: Absolutely. So we open the account on the, t- right. on the check of an ID. We can also open accounts for foreigners, and there's a, a large foreign uh, contingent in this. Slightly different paperwork and requirements, but let's just park that aside. We, we do open for okay. foreigners, so and the a big market. N-
0: looks at the WizKid and the gives him two thumbs up. Your account's open. So Philemon's like shrugs his shoulders like, now what? Now what?
1: Right. Now we say to him, right, now you've got to get some money into your account. How do you do that?
0: So he pulls out a wad of a thousand rand, holding can it in that? his hand. Okay,
1: our agents are not allowed to take money for obvious reasons.
0: Okay, that's that's actually a financial services thing, not correct.
1: So we have got arrangement with every branch of the South African Post Office and with APSA that you can take that cash, if he's got cash, into a post office. That card has got a barcode at the back. How did he get that card? In the pack. So you get a starter pack from Philemon, the agent, and he says, right, we've signed you up. Here's a pack. It's got your card in it. It's got your PIN number in it. Those packs are... He's carrying them on him. Absolutely. How does he link that pack to Philemon? Okay, because it's got a starter pack number, and we do that. So when he signs the customer, up, he puts the starter pack number on, Philemon's ID number, and his cell phone number. So it's all tied up. It's, it's a brilliant system if you think about it, and it's all paperless, and it's, it's, it's foolproof. It, it works incredibly well. He goes to the post office. He doesn't even have to fill in a form because a lot of that market might be illiterate. They scan this card, it links it straight to his account, gives them the money. That money is deposited into his account. That's one way. Second way, he goes to his employer, and in the pack, there's a slip that says, Give to your employer or employers because they may work piecework for multiple employers. That's got his account details, his account number, and his branch code pre printed, and say to him, RV. Please, would you not pay me cash? Please pay me electronically. It's totally interoperable with the banking system. You can do an internet transfer, pay into into, uh, Philemon's account, and his salary and wages now get paid electronically. He can access it through his card, ATM, or point of sale, which is much cheaper. Which ATM? Any ATM? Any any ATMs. Cash back at point of sale is much cheaper. So you go to ShopRite, checkers, pick and pay. You want to buy 30 rands worth of bread and milk, and say to the cashier, please ring up 100 rand. They give him 70 rand back. A much cheaper way than using ATMs. So we try and educate our people. In How does he
0: check his balance?
1: Goes on his cell phone. I'll star 120, star 949, star 1, hash. And we will put that into his contacts if he can't remember it. So he pushes balance, pushes that, and puts in his pin because we obviously it's a secure thing. So all he has to do is remember his, his four-digit pin and his balance will come up. Can he transact from that app? Absolutely. So, this uh, you, you use the word app, and I know you're using it generally. Yes. Remember, apps only work on smartphones. Fair enough. Our market, Good point. the segment of the market, have feature phones. Right throughout Africa, 70% of the handsets, the phones, are feature phones, not smartphones. It was a shock to me to read some research by IDC, a research house, that last year, 2017, the sales of feature phones outstripped the sales of smartphones in Africa. So we think that smartphones are taking over. They're still too expensive for that segment of the market. So we need technology that works on feature phones. Uh, again, not getting too technical, we use USSD, and we were the first bank globally to launch utilizing USSD as an access channel. The market understands it because they do the airtime balance, and airtime has got as much value as, as, as and cents currency. So they know how that works. So we teach them on this thing, on their cell phone, how to do a balance inquiry, how to buy airtime, how to buy data, how to send money to their friends and family. If they're sending to another Wizard customer, it's very easy and it's real time. They can send money to you at ABSA, Investec, FNB, whatever bank it might be, Capitech. So it's a fully functional bank account. You can do on Wizard what you do with your current bank account. My wife runs a very successful business. She runs her entire business on Wizard. So it works for business accounts. It works for individuals.
0: Fuller Mono lives on the house on the hill Yep, is never going to get fika. No, but he's got an account. But he's got an account. He now hits this 20,000 glass ah, ceiling. Right. And he turns around and he says to me, he says to Brian, please, bud, I need some help here. Yep. I, the farmer, the farmer... Uh, what right? How do we help the guy? Okay,
1: so the, and these are things that that your bigger banks may not may not necessarily uh, tell you, but there are ways that you say I need proof of residence. So our whisk kid, agent Philemon, can go to the man on the hill and say I've been to your residence. I've taken a photograph. Use what three words? so I know exactly where his thing is. I've taken a photograph to prove that it's him. One way. Two, I get the tribal chief. Uh, we've got a, a, an informal settlement, Malachi. It's got its own head. He will sign a letter saying that Philemon lives in Malachi. This is his unit, unit number 23, and he will sign it. And that the
0: ki- and the kid will guide him through the process. Absolutely. And he's incentivized to do it Absolutely. because there's com involved in more money than bank exactly. account. Exactly. Let's get down to the rands and cents. Yep. Philemon now builds up a balance. Yep, And he asks the straightforward question. Am I getting as much interest as I would get in a similar bank account at a commercial mm-hmm.
1: bank? Yeah, and that, that's a good question. And I think we need to understand at that level of the market what what interest means so, and also, savings means.
0: And, and what footman's really asking is, am I being shortchanged because I'm being provided a service at the lower end of the market? Yeah.
1: And that's why, by accident, we got a black card. If you look back in history… The black cards were reserved for the real premium customers for Visa and MasterCard. So we got that to give people the dignity. This is not talking down to you. You would be as proud as having this account as you would any other account. So we make them feel special, very important part of what you are saying. I can do anything with this account, including earning interest. But my primary requirement at that end of the market is I've got a safe place to keep my money, that I can access it quickly, you mentioned migrant labor we 've built our economy on migrant labor. The mine workers, particularly the youth, go back to their village. They know that mum has got money somewhere in the house it 's in the cookie jar under the mattress, and they will steal it from their mother to go to the local pubs and, sh- and shabins. Mother now can have an account; she can keep minimal money in in her in her uh, in her house so that when sons come back from the mines and have had too much to drink, they're not going to rob her dry. Unfortunately, this happens in our communities. So they've got a safe place to keep their money, which is critically important. And, yes, they get interest. If, if they want, we're, we're looking at introducing uh, savings accounts and deposit accounts. We haven't done it yet. But our bank partners in other parts of Africa and the world obviously have that facility available to them.
0: Brian, I don't really want to go to a break, but... I'm getting I'm getting the eye, so let's <laughs> run to the shops quickly. We'll be back in a moment. Avi on money, twelve to one pm. Only on one oh one point nine Chai FM. Welcome back to one oh one point nine Hi, FM. It's ninety minutes to one. In the studio with me is Brian Richardson. Brian's company is called Wizard. I was want to give you the email address. It's Brian R at Wizard INT dot com. So I'll spell it w-i-z-z-i-t dash i-n-t dot com and the website is w-i-z-z-i-t dash i-n-t dot com, wizard dot com I implore you to go have a look I'm sitting here and I'm already I'm I'm starting to think well maybe I'm spending my time in the wrong end of the market. I hope myself and my office and certain the company I represent add a lot of value in the financial services market. But this is not value, this is changing lives. This is giving people that which they didn't have. Um Brian, let me ask you the hard question. Yeah. A person is unemployed, he's yeah. getting twelve hundred, fifteen hundred and a month from the government. Yeah. It's enough sort of to keep body and soul together. But there's no dignity, there's no drive, there's no nothing. He now comes to you and says, I want to be a whiz kid. I'm yours. You know, um, morph me into whatever yep. you want. I'm, I'm happy to work. But the, what he's really thinking is, how much am I going to earn? Is it worth my effort yeah. wearing out my only pair of tackies, walking all over? How much am I going to make? Yeah.
1: And that's a, that's a very, very good question. And, and you know, we, we're a... For my sins, I'm an Ashoka fellow, which is a network of social entrepreneurs around the world, and I'm one of the few globalizer fellows. So we've got a very strong social motive, but at the end of the day, we are a for-profit business, and we understand that. And part of the training and education that we give to our people that come from the low end of the market is to teach them that it's not about entitlement; you've actually got to work for whatever it is that you've got. And the world is not going to beat a door to you, whether you're selling mouse traps or whether you're se- selling bank accounts or, or, or providing bank accounts. So you're going to earn as much as you're prepared with the effort. And we teach them not only the basics of the account and, and the the, uh, the regulatory requirements of opening an account and the paperwork, but how to sell. So we in, and, and we run ongoing training programs for these people. And we say, Fine. Let's teach, try and put together a plan. What do you want to do by the end of the year? And we'll work backwards and say, we'd like to buy a fridge. Simple needs. So far, how much is the fridge going to cost you? This amount. How many accounts do you need to open? And we'll work it backwards to them and say, you need to open three accounts a day. And if you're going to open three accounts a day, five days a week, if you want to work six days a week, that's fine. Then it's going to work. And we will help them Plan and get ahead. So, I mean, what you're talking about, your financial planning is exactly the same thing. It's about budgeting. It's about saying I've got a target. we're going to go for it. We have WhizKid Awards. We've got training sessions. We've got all sorts of things to encourage the people to go. And they build a reputation in their community. And it is quite unbelievable how the people, the word of mouth spreads. We operate in all 14, sorry, 11 official languages. We've got a call center that is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, it's It operates uh O eight six one nine four nine nine four eight is, is the call center number. If anybody wants an account, if you phone that number, they'll direct a whiz kid to come and see you, open the account for you and take you through the process. So it's all very slick and very simple. How much can they earn? The whiz kids that are working hard are earning in excess of 20000 a month, um, which is for an unemployed person. How much of that is account? annuity income? Uh, you see, that's… Th- Again, quite interesting to teach people the value of annuity income because uh, we've bred a society that's about immediate and instant gratification and they see the value in opening the accounts because they get a commission there. But try to teach them. So we've got Mbongaseni who's been with us for 10 years. 80% of his income today is annuity income and he's doing very well out of it, very well out of it. So, so it's a fascinating model. The one thing I want to touch on is the whole move towards e-commerce and, elec- um, and um, online shopping. Right. And that applies in the old days. It used to apply to maybe us that were buying an air ticket or we were going to uh, book a hotel. Today, that's moved to the bottom end of the market, and it's buying oil, cooking oil, and meal meal And to us, that is very exciting, but you can't do it with a debit card. My wife will not use online shopping because she's terrified of the fraud, and, and MasterCard and Visa will confirm 50% of the bank market with credit cards do not do online shopping because of their fear of fraud. Enter the virtual card, one-time card, limited in terms of value and use. I can send it to my child. Tri- I've got teenage children. You mentioned teenage children. They don't go to shops anymore, but, boy, do they shop. <laughs> Everything is online. Nobody in their right mind will give them a credit card. So it's Dad. Can I have your credit card details? I need to buy tennis shoes, a T-shirt, tennis balls, whatever it might be. Now, I can send them a virtual card. So it's limited to 200 Rand, and it's got to be used within – I nominate for the next two hours, two days, whatever it might be. Absolutely safe and secure. The beauty of it, I can access it from my feature phone, from my USSD application. It's not linked to an app. So you've now opened this whole new market – for this unbanked segment and given them a very powerful reason that I, this, this uh, Malachi township I was telling you about, I see old ladies struggling with five liters of oil and 10 kilograms of, of medium meal, meal having walked two kilometers. Now they phone the local spaza shop, the payment mechanism. You think of, of any innovation over the last couple of years, Airbnb, Netflix, Amazon, they work because they've got brilliant payment systems behind them. Enter wizard with a fantastic payment system designed for that lower end of the market that I don't even have to go to the shops anymore comes to me. So these are some of the things that we've uh, developed and innovated with and launched now throughout the world. It is hugely exciting. And the difference it makes in people's lives is
0: amazing. And one thing that I'm, I, I always look at with a, with a sense of tremendous satisfaction is when you see rural people. Um, standing there with a stip that they got from a garage or from say loading airtime onto a phone, and you, you, you almost think you know you you've propelled this person forward by light years simply by giving them this technology. And with the banking, you're simply saying to person to to that person, you are not limited by circumstance anymore. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: you mentioned your domestic worker. I've got a domestic worker, Louisa. If she got a rant for every time I'd mentioned her name, she would have retired by now. <laughs> but she's been an integral part of our family. She lives with her. Her family, interestingly, live also the other side of Brits. Pre-Wizard, if Louisa wanted to send her daughter's money, who happened to live in, in the, the uh, other side of Brits, she had to take a taxi, go to the local post office. Taxi fare in that day, minimum fare was 20 bucks. 20 bucks back. That's 40. You can do the maths. Go to a post office and send a money order. The cost of the money order, minimum, 30 rand. So you're now up to 70 rand for her to send, let's say it's 200 rand, to her daughter. That's usury. Now she sits in her room. She pushes three buttons, and that money is transferred instantly, and it costs her ninety nine to send the money, irrespective of the value, to her daughter who gets it real time, who can then decide what she's going to do with it when she gets it. That is value to whatever market you want to talk about. A cheeky question. Yes. How
0: many of your friends are using the wizard card?
1: Yeah, my whole family is on it. Uh, and I've got quite a big family. Um, all of all of my domestic workers and gardeners are on it. Uh, I happen to live on a estate that's got stable hands and grooms. They're all on it. The caddies in my estate are all on it. All our staff at work are all on it. And my personal friends, sure, my wife's family is all on it. <laughs> my family's all on it my brother's children are all on it so it's not only for and that's a good point because it's not only for the low end of the market the top end of the market is as excited about this product as the low end of the market because it it satisfies all of their needs
0: so now that my initial excitement uh, has sort of dissipated as i've listened to the logic come through I, i'm sitting here thinking this is almost a social I'm trying to find the right terminology. I almost have an obligation as a privileged individual to promote this Mm. to those who don't have the privilege that I have because it's the easiest way that I can assist people who otherwise would not be able to be assisted. And the first thing that comes to mind, and I I keep repeating, is when you drive past Sluit just those mountains of clothing lying there. Those ladies are selling that clothing. There's cash in their pockets. Absolutely. There's only certain parts of their mat to me where they can hide it and everybody knows where it is. And I'm using that, that crest um, analogy sure. because we've all seen it growing up accident in this country. Waiting to happen. All of a sudden, the worst that can happen is they can steal her cell phone. Yep. And she'll go buy another one for 280 Rand. Yep. And her pin,
1: that's. All safe and secure safe and secure. And what we would encourage her to do and she's trained to do is to get hold of the call center immediately and put a stop on it. And as soon as she gets a new cell phone, we link the new cell phone number to her account and off she goes. But she becomes
0: the whiz kid. Yeah, exactly. You want to buy clothes from me? If it's anything over 10 rand, this is the only way I'm going to yep, do it. Exactly. You've got five minutes. Come, Sanjay, yep. bring me your ID. Yep. Boom. Done. All of a sudden, you've got a whole society where the level of security, level and risk drops automatically banking starts happening Um, I'm just thinking about taxis there's something that always worries me you see the people standing in lines for the taxis you just add up the 15 rand per person there's a couple of thousand rand every morning standing in a line sure there are some t- challenges with the taxi
1: industry, but we're talking to them on an ongoing basis, and we will come up with a solution that works for all parties because you've got your owners, you've got your drivers, and you've got the consumers, and it has to work for all, all of those parties. So, interesting challenge, but we'll get there. But is uh, the it the for Uber? I use it for Uber all the time. So that virtual card concept, we, yes. we've, we're busy uh, in talks and busy testing with Uber that for the unbanked market that don't have credit cards, they can now use uh, their virtual card for Uber.
0: Brian, my wife's going to be very happy to hear this because <laughs> we had a situation where this particular product she likes to buy overseas. She found it cheap on a website. She bought it. And all of a sudden, there were funny things going on in my bank account. The bank got frustrated because they almost said, but you opened yourself to this. Why did you do this? And there weren't small amounts. It was 1,500, 2,200. And they were going through like discreetly at different times. Adventure came to an end. I can go to my wife and say, you can go back to that website and buy what you want. Let's put in, if it's going to cost you 600 Rand for that transaction, let's put 650 into this account. The worst they can steal is 49 Rand or off the 2 Rand 99. They can take 47 bucks. And just take that count, you cut it up and you throw it away, job done. And if it doesn't get hacked, well then we'll charge it again and you can use it again. All of a sudden, you can go and use internet shopping with a sense of security because you trans... On that note... How long would it take to transfer from a commercial bank into my wizard account for it to reflect?
1: Uh, depending on their cutoff times and if every bank's got yes. a different cutoff just time. Let's use 7 o'clock
0: in the evening. As a uh,
1: 7 o'clock in the evening, it will miss the cutoff for the following day, so it'll get the following day. And those are sort of the bank's
0: rules. So if you do it on a Monday, it should be there on a Wednesday. It'll be
1: there on the Wednesday. It'll definitely be there on the Wednesday. If you do it w- Monday morning, it'll be there Tuesday. Um, Wizard to Wizard is real time And we are advocates of real time transfers There is no reason in the world that we're living today With the technology we've got That we should have this delay on payments
0: But that's a whole other debate Okay, We're out of time But I need to ask you Where's Wizard going? We are still very passionate If you look
1: at our vision statement and mission statement That we developed 14 years ago It's to bank the unbanked of the world We are passionate about economic empowerment And that's by starting at grassroots, by saying financial empowerment starts with having access to the financial system. It should be a birthright. People should have a bank account from the minute they are born. Because that way they can start accumulating and start learning about savings. We do not have a savings culture in this country, for example. But that's what we need to do. We need to make people's lives safer. We need to make them more secure. We need to start utilizing technology to provide convenience to everybody, not just the upper and middle income groups of the
0: market. What's coming next from Wizard? Then you're doing banking. Where's your… In you know, a discovery started with medical aid. Yeah, McDonald's started with sure, a burger. Sure, look,
1: there's so much around financial services. So we're looking at, at payment, secure payment frictionless payments frictionless transfers the whole remittance markets the use of blockchain for for KYC stuff cryptocurrencies for remittances the world is moving so quickly so it's it's quite tough to keep uh, to keep pace but if you look at remittances another whole topic sub-saharan africa is the most expensive remittance corridor in the world it is not Right, because we're not talking about birthday presents here. We're talking about survival. And the fact that people have got to pay 20% of the value of the money that's been transferred is ridiculous. Anyway.
0: I've been told to wrap up, but I'm going to just push the uh, (laughs) the envelope here a little bit. South Africa, are you positive? Very, very. I think we've got such a
1: future ahead of us. If we can start – Providing employment opportunities, that starts to solve a number of social ills. We need to to create employment. If we can do it in our small way… You've
0: put your money where your mouth is, 8,500 people. Let's
1: double it and we start making some difference. Let's give people a safe place to keep their money. Let's give them easy access to credit and make sure that they understand that there's an
0: obligation and responsibility when you get credit to repay it. Brian, thank you very much for coming in. Just to give people your website again, it's wizard-int.com. Please go have a look at that. If you want to be in touch with Brian, look it up there. Otherwise, please be in touch with me. This is something that I'm really going to take on board. I think it's a way that we can add value and we can be social entrepreneurs in a very simple way. Thanks so much. Craig, thanks for pushing the buttons. We'll speak to you next week.